Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. I'm your host, Elizabeth King. Together, we'll have conversations with incredible human beings who have taken their creative outlet and turned it into something innovative. From people leaving the corporate world to be eight-figure entrepreneurs, to people who have created books, created a family, or just creating to have fun in the world. We are all in a journey to create something amazing in our lives, and I hope that you find some inspiration of your own here. This is the Creation Innovation Podcast. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Creation Innovation Podcast. Thanks for listening this week. I'm excited today to talk to Bree about her experience. She's a period whisperer, which I say this all the time from the collective as women. We most of us have a period, not not all of us. So I should make that distinction. But yet we don't talk about that so, so much. So I'm excited to have you here today. Welcome. Thank you, Elizabeth. I so appreciate all the work that you do as well. You bring so much light and help across to women and everyone. Thank you for saying that. I I do feel like I'm doing my life's work, which is really mm. such a good feeling, you know? Yeah. Um, so let's, how did you become the period whisperer? What is yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. So, um, you know, I, I am a mom of two. I live, I'm Canadian originally, but I live in the U S and I spent the last sort of 15 years of my life, um, in the online health and wellness space, but specifically as a, a fitness trainer and a nutrition coach. So I spent kind of the later part of my twenties, all of my thirties, sort of all those child rearing years, um, you know, helping women feel better in their bodies through fitness and nutrition specifically. And around the age of 35 for me, um, I noticed a shift in a lot of my clients uh, because a lot of my clients were around my age box. That seemed to be, it seems to be a normal thing that we end up attracting. And, uh, you know, it was this sort of general message of, of not feeling very well of, you know, some kind of shift in the body, maybe not sleeping as well, feeling some like digestive issues, some period irregularity. And, and suddenly these tools that I had, you know, built my career on and certainly helped my health on were no longer were the answers for them. And it was really, for me, it, it made me almost take a step back in my career because I thought, wow, like what's happening? I'm not able to help the way, I mean, and that was my life's work at that time. Right. And then it was around the age of 37, I'd made a huge move from Canada to the US. My kids were still really young. It was a big transition when I started experiencing the same things in my life. And, you know, it's hard enough, I think, when we go through a shift in our life, when we're going through stress, when we notice our body isn't responding the way it was, but this was also my career. <laughs> and so I, it started for me as, um, you know, just not having a lot of energy anymore, being tired all the time, a brain fog, irregular periods, moodiness, weight gain. And then, and around at what age? Oh, just this so is 37. Yeah. 37. Okay. So 37. that's quite young in yeah. my world. I'm still coaching people on having babies at, you know, 45. 37. So do you? Yeah, I was like, I'm beyond. It's like, what? Absolutely. Yeah. And this is why I think it's so important to talk about this because you know, for me, the clincher at the end of the day was, you know, I stopped sleeping well, the, you know, and um, it always, you know, it's really, even when, when you have young children, you're like, if I can just get a good night's sleep, I can handle anything. But when you stop sleeping well, you realize why it's a form of torture. It's yeah. rough. And so I went, you know, off to my healthcare practitioner who was amazing, you know, and she did all the tests and she's like, well, you're the picture of health. I think this is just normal, which, you know, she was amazing. And it was a wonder, you know, I was really glad that nothing major was wrong, but it was, it was a very 
difficult pill to swallow to think, if this is my career and at 37, this is the picture of health, how can I spend the next 40 years if this is the best I'm going to feel? Um, and that's what really, you know, I wasn't ready to kind of raise that white flag. You know, this was my passion and for myself, my own health and, and anxiety and depression that was sort of starting to settle in that I really dove into my own, you know, education and coursework and certifications around female hormones, female health, um, perimenopause and menopause specifically. And it was in that learning where I started to understand, you know, even what you said there, one that most women don't even understand the difference between perimenopause and menopause. I was one of them. And that there is, you know, a significant difference. I mean, it doesn't mean you're not, not fertile anymore. Obviously, as you know, up until, you know, into well into your 40s, but it, something's changing. And to understand what that change is and then how to, you know, work within that change to help yourself matters. It makes right. a difference. And I think a lot of people hear that and think, oh my gosh, what does that mean? I'm I'm nearing the end of an era, so to speak. And I always tell them in the space that I'm in, we there is we have the ability to affect change with our hormones. You too, yeah. I'm sure, can to tell that to people as well. Yep. The extent of getting those hormones tested, and that's why I say always find that baseline of when you are testing your hormone panels with your blood work on day two or day three regardless of when you start. So if you have a teenage daughter that's starting to test hormones, have them test their blood work for their hormone panels on day two or day three of their cycle and mm. continue that throughout their adulthood. So you always mm. have a baseline of where are my hormones? Because those are the days that will tell you an accurate number of where you're at. Because if you go to the doctor and they say, here, do a hormone panel, which most OBs will do, go get your blood work, they don't tell you to yeah. do it on day two or day three. So it's yeah. going to be not showing an accurate count of that estrogen, progesterone, LH, all the things that are really important to know, especially if you're going into the next phase, so to speak, right? Because we are all in phases, whether you're you know, at the point where you don't want to have a baby yet because you're too young or you're not yeah. in that place of life or you mm -hmm. are and or I always say, it doesn't matter if you're post, which I am and you are as well, you still want to know where your hormones are. Yeah. That's how mm -hmm. we tell the, the health of our health, our bodies. They say it's the sixth yeah. vital sign is our periods. And it's yep. so important to understand why that is so important, you know, yes. and we're not taught this in school. So I'm glad, so happy to know and glad that you are sharing this information out because we don't understand what happens in the next phase so when when you mentioned the perimenopause versus menopause can you explain mm -hmm. to our audience what the difference is there yes absolutely and, and you'd asked me about what i meant by the period whisper and it's really just what you said there it's learning to understand you know that sixth cycle but really just yeah. learning the whispers of our body what they it's actually saying to us and learning to tune in but Menopause, of course, as you know, is really one day, 365 days after you finish your last bleed, uh, which usually usually happens in your 50s. Um, and then you're postmenopausal. Everything leading up to that is, they call it perimenopause or premenopause or the menopause transition. And, um, and that's where all of this shifting and discomfort really typically starts to happen. And I think not only do we not understand it, but 
it's as significant, and I'm sure you can speak to this, as puberty, as pregnancy, as postpartum. Like that's the shifting that's happening within us. And yet we don't know anything about it. We don't know how to support it. We don't remind people to sleep more just the way we would our teenagers or someone who's pregnant. We don't remind someone to eat in a certain way. It's it's a real gaping hole over such a large period of time that can impact us so significantly. Correct. And I feel like that it's your body signaling to you that it needs something yeah. else, right? There's yes. a change happening. And yes. what does that mean? And again, it's so easy in a lot of cases to affect that change. So maybe your period is lighter or it's heavier or mm -hmm. you're getting a little bit more cramping or it's the days have shifted, right? You could yeah. do an easy, you know, 30, 60 days of seed cycling and get back on track mm -hmm. just by giving your body these, the progesterone and estrogen that it needs. And exactly. the reason that those things are so important is because it affects everything in our body, not mm -hmm. just your fertility, albeit that's what I talk about most of the time, but right. for myself, as you were saying, I'm not in that space anymore. And those things mm -hmm. are important for my skin, my organs, everything mm -hmm. to function properly and to keep me young. You know, when we see those people yes. that are like, oh my gosh, she looks so good for her age. Yes. Her hormones are really in line with where they're meant to yeah. be. And you yes. see that when you can be, you find somebody that's not aged well, right? And you're like, mm -hmm. ooh, you can, you can mm -hmm. physically see the differences because their collagen is less. Their collagen is yes. less because they don't have that, they're not producing the estrogen that they yeah. should be in their body. And it's very, for most people, it's pretty easy to get down that road of kind of self-correcting as you go along mm -hmm. rather than yeah. just kind of letting it ride and suffering because a lot of people will say, that it is a form of suffering, whether that's night yeah. sweats or whatever it may be. Yeah, brain uh, fog think, or discomfort. Yeah, yeah, it's debilitating. Right, and I think there's so many outlets in order to see the light at the end of the tunnel of how to mm. prevent that from happening. Yeah, you know, I love that you you know you bring that up that we get to see we can see proof in other people. And we can automatically go, I think sometimes it's like, I think it's genetics, but what I've learned, you know, about this time, and, and of course, there's so much more to, there's so many functions of the body, as you know, and I know you talk about, but to try to make it really simple, we have two major things happening that we can impact a bit in our body. One is that, you know, as you shift from being in a fertile time to, you know, menopause and being in for the, the, the baton is being passed from your ovaries to your adrenals. So, and these adrenals that run our stress cycles and everything, they're full and how well they can handle it is going to have a lot to do with all of our lifestyle choices leading up to that point. So even if you felt like the choices you were making were healthy and serving you, they may not have been, but we're just now shifting into someone else's transition. Someone else is handling this job. And the other part of it is that in our brain, you know, our, our hippocampus or our amygdala, they're also very sensitive to the shifting of, of estrogen and progesterone. And with these shifts, they're responsible for the encoding and, um, and the retrieval of memory. And so with this shifting of hormones, you know, what happens in the female brain is really this ability now to recognize past trauma, process things that we were no longer, like that we were suppressing or things that we've been able to ignore. It's like we become less tolerant 
and it's time for us to finally deal with things. So both physically and our lifestyle choices of how we move and how we eat and how we sleep and how we manage stress, as well as what we have not dealt with or how we choose to cope, make the difference between whether you're going to suffer a lot or a little <laughs> in right. this time. Right. And it, you touch on a good point about the adrenals and mm. that transition when you have a baby and you're not sleeping and mm. you're stressed and you're working and you're doing all the things, your adrenals are being taxed more than they ever have been before. And most of our parents, grandparents, et cetera, their only job was to take care of the baby. So they could sleep when you, they slept, et cetera. That was mm -hmm. not the case for me and not the case for most of my clients I know. We're doing a million things, whether you're working or not, you're still doing a lot of things. So yeah. taking care of your adrenal system and understanding the significance that that plays on your reproductive system, because mm -hmm. so many clients have come to me after they've had their first baby with their period being off and saying, oh, they're telling me I'm on per in perimenopause. Therefore, I'm going to struggle to get pregnant. And it's like, it's part of this big puzzle. If we can mm -hmm. put together the other aspect of getting the sleep, the rest, the nutrition, all the mm -hmm. things, you can get yourself back on track. But yes. taking care of a toddler, trying to get pregnant again, working, all, you know, the stress of just life taxes the adrenals. And there are certain things yeah. that can help that system. Do you have any advice for people that are in that? case who you know know that there's a situation happening but yet are kind of in a rock in a hard place so to speak because maybe they're not able to physically do something specific yeah that. that's a great you know i think this is where we you know we kind of butt up against um the way we've maybe been taught in society to be and and I have created a p4 formula to kind of help with this area but to, to make it really simple and share it's like I this shifting of hormonal time whether you're you know wanting to reproduce or not anymore is it's a real energy supply and demand game I think and like we only have so much and because of all the other things happening in life like you were saying you know we're we, it used to be that it was their only job to raise the baby. Not only that, but people lived near their family. So the family was there to help with the baby. And we didn't have social media telling us all the time how we're this and that. And we didn't have, you know, toxins the same in our food. And there's a lot more stress in general. So we, I think we can get really caught up in thinking, you know, I should just be doing more. You know, I need to work out more to get more energy or I need to, you know, eat this way to... When, when in reality, it's almost like this real less is more concept. And we need to bring that central nervous system back to create space for the hormones to almost heal themselves, to, to settle back in. Um, so, you know, some of the simplest things I always say to women is like sleep more. It has to be that priority of, of sleeping that seven to nine hours a night minimum more. If you're interrupted all the time by a toddler, it just has to be a key health pillar of just the same way eating three regular meals so that we can have consistent blood sugar and you know making sure there's vegetables and protein in each of those meals and and not doing hard workouts just walk and do yoga things that nourish instead of ask more of the body i love that because i think we are always thinking we need to do more work out yes. harder and especially post baby a lot of people will mm -hmm. say i had my kids five, 10 years ago, and I still haven't lost the baby weight, mm -hmm. probably because they're in that stress yes. state of the fight zone still, right? That fight or flight of 
still not sleeping and you learn yeah. to survive like that saber tooth tiger is chasing you yes. all the time, right? So your yes. body doesn't let go of that weight because you're in nope. that state of stress all the time. So yes. I think hammering home that message of sleep, yeah. sleep, sleep, instead of yep. going to the grocery store, instead of doing all these things, maybe you know once a month you source that out to Instacart so that you can take a yeah. nap while somebody else does your grocery shopping because Absolutely. people underestimate the power of the healing that sleep has. And I know yeah. for myself, I'm the first one to talk. I'm the worst. <laughs> I have three kids that are still not all sleeping. And it's been, uh, I don't know, six years now since I've actually mm -hmm. had sleep. That yeah. being said, I will tell my husband, no, I, I'm not going to go to lunch today because I need to sleep. Like, yeah. I just know that that is what is more important for me right now yeah. than, you know, going to do something together. And that's a hard decision when your yeah. time is so limited, but also knowing it is so important in so many ways. I mean, right now we're talking about hormones, but we know this for across the board for everything. If you're healing your body yes. from anything, sleep is critical. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's so much pressure, as you were saying, even to, you know, do all the things and be all the things. and. I mean, as a personal trainer first, like you have no business asking more, like doing a workout that asks of your body. So like, you know, weight resistance for hypertrophy, like anything like that, that's creating more stress in your body. If you are not sleeping a solid seven plus hours a night, because you're just not giving your body what it needs that you're asking of it to do. And you're just depleting. So there's even this very simple, you know, process of just sleep instead of work, go for a walk with your children, you know, with the baby in the carrier or, yeah. you know, and then of course that real piece that I think so many of us struggle with, which is ask for help. Oh, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think we're all super women in our own right. And not that so much we don't want to, but it often seems it's just easier if I get it done myself. Right. Y yes. Yes, they're absolutely right. It'll get done right if I do it myself or, and I, you're absolutely right. I can relate hundred percent to that. And also I think there's this real, if I'm not doing things for everyone else, who am I and what am I worth? Right. Which I think just brings in a whole other level for, for some people, not for everyone, but I think that this, this is part of the messaging that when we pay attention, we can start to discover within us. So for people that are going into that next transition of life mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. menopause being around the corner, yeah, true menopause, I will say, what, what do you suggest for them knowing that it is, I mean, inevitably it comes, right? We, yeah. we don't, we can postpone it by doing certain things and keeping our body healthy, but that is the cycle of life and what what is meant to happen. That's nature. Yeah. So how yeah. do we lean into that and have a great experience versus some of these people that you hear that are just, you know, complain every day about their yeah. power surge or hot flash or whatever's happening so that we can go gracefully into the next into transition. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, such a great question. And I think first of, first and foremost, it's knowing that you, you know, genetics of course plays a role, but 80% of it really is lifestyle and choice, which means we can impact it. And we see this because there are many cultures in the world who have a less stressed out lifestyle that do not struggle with the same impact of perimenopause or shifting hormones into menopause. 
we're also building the body that we're right now, we're building the body and life that we're going to have in 10 years. So now is that time, especially with our frustration. So I think, you know, four steps to kind of focus on one, that real permission to put yourself first. So prioritize learning this stuff, understanding your body and 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 I think listening to these podcasts is and hearing, you know, women like you who share more about the female experience, this is us giving ourselves a bit of permission to pay attention and make sure it matters to us. Uh, I think prioritizing inflammation. So instead of worrying about those tangible things we think about all the time, like what should I eat and, you know, how much should I move? Like think more about does this give to my body? Does this add more workload to my body? You know, we know that you know, alcohol and sugar and caffeine adds a more workload to our body. Should you have to give them up entirely? Maybe not. If they're bringing you joy here and there in life, I think that it can be okay as a balance, but let's get very real about what are our habits, what's giving and what's taking away. Likewise with pleasure, people really underestimate the importance of pleasure. I'm sure this comes up for, you know, you with fertility and I mean, Orgasm is probably a really valuable part of, you know, a pregnancy and this joy piece and whether it's pleasure in that way or just doing something like a hobby for yourself, it matters. Pleasure and sleep really reduce that cortisol, which is a huge part of our impact. Um, yeah, I talk all the time about having fun. We as people mm-hmm. that are on their fertility journey tend to yeah. get in their head a lot and yeah. stop having fun. And those yeah. spirit babies that are hanging out over us. They want to come to mommies and daddies that are having fun. And we we tend to lose yeah. that aspect as well as creating. We, I talk about yeah. creating every day. The book that I co-authored of the Creative Life book is all about that and what are, what you can do. And that doesn't have to be painting on a canvas every day. It can go to no. CVS and buy some Play-Doh or a coloring book or yes. whatever that may be. And that does truly lower your cortisol and balance your nervous system, which is so important at any point in life. Again, right? We mm-hmm. getting away from that idea that the tiger is chasing you. It helps you to slow down and just be in that present moment mm-hmm. to know that your body's able to create and be healthy and and all the fun things. So yes, I, I heard you say that actually, and I loved that. Like you, we cannot create from a stressed out place. So you know, allowing yourself to settle enough to create and then foster that joy is so powerful. And um, I think, and then perspective, I think is really important at this time in our life, like thinking about if it can feel like you're climbing Mount Everest. So you can look at that Mount Everest and just think about how awful it's going to be, or you can think about how strong you're going to get. You can think about the people you're going to meet along the way. You can think about the views you're going to get from the top and what an incredible experience, how you're going to grow in that journey. And that matters, right? Whether it's, whether you like the rain or hate the rain, there's a way to look at it. Um, And this is such a powerful time to change because we are now no longer comfortable staying the same. (laughs) Right, right. Mm -hmm. Another thing I want to touch on before we jump off is I hear all the time, I'm sure you do, is people, I've gained so much weight since I went through menopause. Mm -hmm. Why is that? And how can people prevent that from happening? That's such a great question. The predominant reason is that it, you know, we're just less tolerant to stress, right? We're very, our hormones are very sensitive to stress. So two things. One, I see it is that you know, when, especially in your early years of perimenopause, so the earlier you start, you know, prioritizing the health of your hormones, the easier it's going to be, of course, but there's always hope. 
But in early perimenopause, the issue is not as much not enough estrogen as it is not enough progesterone, which I obviously, you know, all the importance of, but any stress that comes into our life suppresses our, our progesterone further, amplifying up our estrogen because they're symbiotic. And so when the liver is trying to metabolize these hormones and, and the stress and all the other things coming at us, it's, it can't handle the load. So it stores a lot of the estrogen in our fat for safekeeping. And so it will not release that until you know, we've calmed the rest of the central nervous system. So that's part of where, where this weight gain comes quickly. And the other, as you talked about with the stress response is whenever our body is in that fight or flight mode, the body suppresses the metabolism and amps up the fat storage. So um, to prepare for a release or a need for that, but it's never coming because of our chronic stress. So we want a really, a really simple thing. I always say is like, before you eat anything, just breathe. Because whether you eat a salad or whether you eat a piece of chocolate cake, how your emotional state and central nervous system is at that time will determine whether that food is assimilated and used as energy or stored as fat. Salad or cake doesn't really matter. It'll use it or store it. And that's why we can see women who are not eating a lot and still gaining weight and feeling exhausted. I love that because prior to me focusing on uh, fertility, I did a lot in weight loss and all of that for many years as a life coach. And a lot of that was around that loving the food that you eat. And you can see that yes. in Italy and France and all these places where women yes. have always eaten all the things. Yes, cheese and, and baguettes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And I think because of that, right, they, they don't have this idea around good food, bad food. It's what, right. what feels good and nourishes them. And back to that pleasure, right? That if it's mm, not pleasurable yes. for you, then don't eat it. Right. Yeah. I've had times where I'm literally driving in the car and I had something I'm like, Oh, that I thought that was good. And it's not. And I take it out of my mouth and put it in a napkin. It. Right. I'm not going to do yes. that. And I also think, and you can agree or disagree, but this idea that it has to be that way because we know that's what's happening with the hormones. I, I just don't agree with that. I think you have mm -hmm. the ability to shift how your body reacts from your mind. It's like the, yes. I say with people going through IVF, I did IVF and I didn't gain weight from the shots and whatnot, because I really kind of told my body that's not what's going to happen. Right. My mm -hmm. body doesn't need to do that just because it oh, happens yeah. to some people. Awesome doesn't have mm -hmm. to happen for me. Just because people gain weight in menopause, menopause doesn't mean that's going to happen for me. You know, yeah. so I think it's kind of yeah, setting the that. intention for your own body and knowing that yes. there's social evidence out there that it doesn't have to be that way for everybody. And you don't yes. have to conform to what you have heard because there's yeah. people don't really stand on the rooftops and say, hey, I went through this and I didn't lose weight, but they complain a lot when they do gain weight, right? So that's yes. what we hear more of the messaging around. So I just want to kind of put that out there to, to also oh, say everybody's listening, have that mindset yes. of that perception that you said earlier, right? It's how we perceive yeah. it. If we perceive it, that we will get through it gracefully and yeah. keeping our body intact and at the weight that we want, then we can, we have the ability to change yes. that just with our mind and, and making smart decisions versus Absolutely. like, oh, this is going to happen and it's going to be awful. And, you know, just even saying that doesn't feel good in my system, you know? Yeah, I, I so. totally agree. And with the pleasure piece, even it's like, you're right. If it, if it brings you joy, do it. And if it doesn't, don't. But also 
if the only thing that's bringing you joy in life is the food and the drink and the things you're putting, it's time to look at a bigger picture. What else brings us joy? Because I think when we're so focused on food and body and food and body, then that's also where we get stuck in that piece that you're talking about. When we are, when our life is full in the other areas with, you know, purpose and meaning and deeper connection, then we're less apt to be so obsessed and focused, which keeps us stuck in that bad mindset. I think you're talking about. And that's a totally other podcast. I feel like. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Thank you. Right. No, I love it. I love it because that's, definitely how we raise our boys now too. You know, we don't reward with food. We don't make food an issue because I think that for a lot of people, that is how it turns into, I love this so much or the good food, bad food type of thing, or you're kind of resisting these things as opposed to what else can we do that's fun or a reward for ourselves. And it's the same as for adults, right? Thinking of that list of what is fun for me? What do I like to do? Not that again, going out to a great restaurant or whatever it is for you is, it's not a bad thing, but I love that you make that a point because that there is always kind of something underlying in that, that probably needs to be looked at. Yeah. So Brie, where can people find you? Ah, thank you. So they can catch me on Instagram at uh, Bria underscore period underscore whisperer on my website, Bria, the period whisperer, or on my podcast, the period whisperer, um, anywhere you get your podcasts. I'm hoping to um, get to highlight you on my podcast soon as well. So, um, but I I reach out anytime with any questions. I answer my own DMS and um, this is just, yeah, my great life work. So I'm excited to talk about it. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Creation Innovation Podcast. Make sure to follow us on Spotify for free episodes and subscribe to the Creation Innovation Podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you choose to get your podcast. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening for a chance to receive a special gift. Yes, we actually do send out gifts. It's my favorite thing to do. So visit us at elizabethking.com backslash creation innovation for more information on how to enter. Every review counts and we are so grateful. You can follow me at the official Elizabeth King on Instagram or TikTok. Until next time.